The Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the lake. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there, while the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, and the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and they sprang up quickly, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears listen. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. This is what was sown on the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet such a person has no root, but endures only for a while. And when trouble or persecution arises on account of the world, that person immediately falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the word, and it yields nothing. But as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain. In one case, a hundredfold, in another, sixty, and in another, thirty. This line is intriguing to me. It's really easy to compare the good soil versus the rocky, thorny, bird-infested soil and to see the difference in the results, right? I can see how the soil that isn't good doesn't produce a harvest, and the one that is good produces a harvest. That makes sense, right? That makes sense. But all of the good soil is seemingly equal in the story, right? So why are they producing different sized harvests? I mean, if the soil is going to produce in the story, I don't know about you, but my immediate thought is, why not all a hundredfold? I begin to assume, as humans do, or maybe it's just me, you can let me know, that those with 30 and 60-fold harvests are inherently less good than the hundredfold soil. Am I the only one? Okay. But all three soils are celebrated as what? Good. Good soil. More so, if we are the soil, which we often assume, right? If we are the soil, this comparison becomes problematic pretty quickly because then what are we to do? We are to set up hierarchies and judgment. And I think that's how most of us naturally read this parable. I think that's kind of how it just shows up for us as a sort of judgment about the condition of the soil and what is produced from it. Let's make sure we are all good soil so that we can be good producers. If you were here last week, when Kyle preached, 
It sounds a lot like Jesus' followers, right, scrambling to be good enough and, and then maybe being left to wonder what happens when things come up short of perfection. As I was studying for this sermon this week, I was reminded of a really important fact. Soil is a living thing. Did we know this? Soil is a living thing. It slowly moves and changes and even grows over time. That means that even good soil can produce different amounts depending on the season that it's in. What if this parable isn't about setting soil samples side by side and comparing them to determine their worth? What if Jesus shared this parable to simply state the reality of the cycles of a disciple's faith journey? Think about it. Have you had seasons where your faith was on fire? Have you had other seasons where your faith was strong and felt fruitful, but maybe not as fruitful as you thought or as you hoped? Seasons where it felt like your faith was more surface level without deep roots? Other seasons where every time you thought you had your footing, you were tripped up again. Seasons where your faith was challenged and you were left with more questions than anything else. Faith, like soil, is ever-changing. And Jesus knows that discipleship is not easy. I think about Peter, I think about Thomas, and all those other followers. They doubted. They were unable to believe Jesus' words. They struggled to trust his leadership, and sometimes they literally ran away from him instead of toward him. I wonder if after those struggles, they might have been tempted to think that there was no coming back from those faith crises, that they could never be worth worthy of following Jesus anymore? What if they'd believe that you only get one strike and you're out? What if they'd believe that any sort of doubt disqualified them from moving forward with Jesus? I don't think they believed that. Thomas went on to be the first in the Gospels to declare Jesus as Lord and Savior. Peter went on to begin the church. The other disciples went out and multiplied the work in all the surrounding nations until we find ourselves here today. Their faith withered, they tried again, the fruitful harvest arrived. Maybe the reason that Peter and Thomas and so many others were able to stick with it and find a refreshment and a renewal of faith was because of this parable because Jesus had assured them earlier on that it was normal and understandable for his followers to sometimes find themselves deeply rooted and sometimes find themselves faltering. If soil is a living thing, always changing, always shifting, this parable might have reminded them that they need not fear their dark nights of the soul that God's mercies are new every morning and a new faith might be just around the corner. Friends, if I may be just completely honest and vulnerable with you this morning, sometimes I think that my journey is more doubt than faith. 
So many of my experiences, so many things of this world have made me re-examine what I know. They've made me wonder, where is God in all of this? They've caused my faith to be torn down and rebuilt, and torn down and rebuilt. And if I believed that these doubts meant that I had to be finished with Christianity and with Jesus, then I would have been gone a long time ago. Instead, in the seasons of doubt, no matter how long they last, I truly believe that I can lean on the faith of others, on your faith. I truly think that faith is something we can borrow and lend and share amongst the body of Christ. You're gonna hear it in our baptism liturgy in just a little bit. In the seasons of doubt, I fully believe that I am loved, not judged, for my struggle. I believe the same for you. I believe that God is cheering me on back toward faith, patiently walking with me towards something new, and I believe the same for you. And often, those rebuilding seasons where it feels like nothing could possibly be any left have produced a totally different but much more deeply rooted faith. I wonder if this parable could be a pastoral encouragement to Jesus' followers, showing that he understands the reality of the ways that we will struggle and assuring us that we are not abandoned or rejected in our harvestless seasons. In fact, if we assume God to be the main character in this parable, it kind of makes sense why the sower appears to be so careless with the seed. Have you ever Heard of a farmer that would take precious seed and just sort of toss it around like that? Who would throw seeds on a path? Who would throw seeds on rocky, thorny ground, unprotected from wildlife? Who is so lavish and reckless? God is. God will sow again and again, everywhere. Like a child in a fairy costume throws glitter, it goes everywhere. <laughs> if our faith is shriveling up, God will continue to sow without exception so that when our soil is nurtured and ready to receive again, the seed will be there. That's how grace works. But all of this does beg the question of whose job is it to tend the soil? Well, in one way, if we are the soil, we are certainly not responsible for our own ability to be receptive, right? Even scripture acknowledges that it's the work of the Holy Spirit to stir up faith in us. It's not something we can conjure up in ourselves, and holy cow, do I know that. However, that doesn't mean that we don't also play a part in helping to cultivate an environment where seeds might flourish both in ourselves and in others. We aren't fully responsible, but we can help nourish and protect the soil within and around us. When the plants in my summer garden don't do well, I don't go out and blame the soil and yell at it. You bad soil. I also don't leave it as is, right? I give it what it needs, water, fertilizer. 
And when I first built it, I made sure to clear it of rocks. And at the beginning of each season, I make sure it gets tilled the right amount and I give it its best shot with the right mix of compost. And I try to stay on top of pulling the weeds. And even though birds are not an issue in my garden, I do surely put up a very large fence and netting because those deer, oh my goodness, those deer. <laughs> so that they can't stop the growth before it's had a chance to begin. So again, we aren't fully responsible, but we sure can nourish and protect the soil within and around. Are we setting ourselves and others up to make it harder or easier to receive the news that all are loved and saved and called to new life by a God whose kingdom is at work all around us? How can we walk alongside each other with support and encouragement, especially during tender times? How can we let our faith carry another who's in a tough season? How can we give each other grace when we fall short of perfect discipleship? I can tell you right now that I would not be standing in this pulpit if not for the faithful friends who have walked me through all of my rocky, thorny, seed-snatching bird seasons. And friends, the past few weeks have seen some very, very heavy pastoral care in this community. It's been a hard time and a lot of our siblings are hurting deeply. Maybe you're one of them. Over and over I am reminded that we never know what is going on below the surface for somebody else in their soil. What we need most of all is grace, thrown around with reckless abandon as the sower sows the seed. I don't know where your faith is today, but if you are in a rough season, please hear the good news that you are not thrown out. You were not given up on by God. You are not bad soil. You are loved. You are loved. You are loved. There is room for doubt and struggle in God's loving and embrace. And in fact, these seasons are normal. May you find peace and hope knowing that seasons always change. Lean on those around you and know that a day will come when they are looking to you for hope and you will be in a place to provide it. This is the gift of the body of Christ given to us by the one who spurs us on in faith. Thanks be to God. Amen. Would you pray? That you are the sower of seed, that you are the tender of our little plantlings. Walk with us when we falter. Hold us when we fall. Bless our soil that we might be a blessing to those around us and help us to trust that we are your beloved. In Jesus' name, amen.